Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. I've used this quote before, but it's so perfect for this show today. You're just going to have to forgive me if you heard it. It's a quote from Jonathan Zittrain, Z-I-T-T-R-A-I-N, American Professor of Internet Law and the George Bemis Professor, Professor of International Law at Harvard Law School. Let's just leave it there. He's the author of The Future of the Internet and How to Stop. Stop it. Is that a provocative title or what? He has co-edited the books Access Denied, Access Controlled, and Access Contested. Let's leave that alone. Here's the quote. The qualities that make Twitter seem inane and half-baked are what makes it so powerful. I just love when people take something that we all know about and they just crystallize what a lot of people are thinking. So welcome. What are we talking about today? Well, if your business is sitting on the sidelines and you're not quite sure what to do with social media, if you haven't dipped your toe in the world of social selling, which rumor has it will just be called selling any day now, if you're not savvy about all this and you're not sure what channels to focus on, Oh my, we have got three experts today who are going to help you figure it out. And we're focusing, obviously, on Twitter. Facebook, yes, we all know it has the most users. LinkedIn, yes, it's if you're a serious professional and you want to do business conversation. Twitter, ah, it's in between. Is it cute? Is it funny? Is it political? We won't go there. It's just out there. But let me give you some stats. According to the American Press Institute, 79% of its members use Twitter to get the news. Okay, that's validating it. 36% use it to pass the time. Well, there's some cool stuff out there. 19% tweet to network. Should you omit Twitter from your social selling and social networking toolbox? Uh-uh, we don't think so. We're going to find out why not from my three experts today. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to a returning guest. They're all regulars here on Game Changers. Sarah Goodall, CEO of Tribal Impact, and we're going to talk to her again about why she chose the name Tribal Impact for the company and what it means. Kirsten Boyleau had a regional engagement in social selling at SAP. She's a trainer. She is ranked very high on LinkedIn, and she is the sponsor of our other series called Changing the Game in Social Selling. And Michael Labati is back. He's a senior director and head of program development and operations. That's a big title, Michael, for the global social selling program team at SAP. Welcome to the three of you. So let's get started. Sarah has sent us a quote from Winston Churchill. Sir Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill, British politician, army officer and writer, prime minister of the UK, twice from from 1940 to 45 and 51 to 55. We'll just leave that there. Here's the quote. Success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Sarah Goodall, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for having thanks me back. For uh, thanks for joining us. We did part one of this show. I should have said that on Kirsten's series. Uh, let's see, changing the game with social selling on May eighth, not that long ago. And I was so interested and intrigued with what you all had to say. I thought it would be a great topic for our coffee break audience. So, Sarah, thrilled to have you back. Tell me about this Winston Churchill quote: "Success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm." What does this have to do with Twitter? 
Well, I think, I mean, Winston Churchill's a bit of a legend, so I kind of felt, you know, certainly here in the UK, we, you know, the guy is uh, looked at as a bit of a hero. Um, but also, I think for me, sales, and I know this from experience, having had my own business for the last three years, is about resilience. And honestly, you with Twitter, I think a lot of people go into social selling, um, especially Twitter, and they're expecting immediate results. But actually, mm-hmm. it's about resilience. It's about keep going, keep trying, try new things. And I'm trying new things all the time, right? And things fly, some things don't. And it's just a case of recognizing and either pivoting or, you know, keeping at it. But it's, I think the key thing here is don't lose enthusiasm and just keep going. But don't expect immediate results because things come over time. And um, I think if you can learn to, to learn from failure, you'll do good. So um, just keep trying. Thank you very much. I like that. And and Sarah, when people go on LinkedIn, are they going to have that same, whoops, I didn't get 500 views today and I didn't get three business opportunities. Is it the same across all of these when you're doing your social selling on Facebook and you're dipping your toe in the LinkedIn waters and Twitter? Or is it mostly where people expect great results from Twitter and they're not getting them? What's your thought on that divide? No, I think it's probably, I think probably every, everybody feels a little bit like that, you know, on, on all platforms, on all social platforms. There's a lot of talk about the new generations coming through and, you know, living on the next set of likes that they get from, from their networks and things. So, uh, you know, my, my view is, is not to focus too much on that, not to focus, focus more on how this is moving relationships forward, focus not on necessarily the numbers because, 8,000 views is, you know, not the same as getting one inbound customer conversion. And, and you don't necessarily need 8,000 views to get that conversion. Next time, you might just need two, and it might be the right two. So it's, you know, don't focus too much on the numbers, but focus on the results and, and driving relationships forward with the right value. And, um, you know, but I, I, what my key to this quote is don't, you know, don't worry about failing, right? Just mm-hmm. try things. What works for you might not work for one person, another person. Somebody social selling in Australia, and we've done a lot of interviews with Kirsten's team, actually, with top social sellers. You know, some guys in India use WhatsApp for social selling. I could never see that working in the UK. Really? Right? So the key is try. Um, you know, try Twitter. It might work for you. It might not. But, um, you know, the key is just don't lose enthusiasm. Just keep going. Keep trying. I like I like that attitude and and we can get into a little bit later about how much time and effort is required to get started and we are focusing on Twitter thank you Sarah I love the quote haven't heard that from Churchill before so thank you so much next we're going around the table to Kirsten Boileau and Kirsten has sent us a quote from Andy Grammer G-R-A-M-M-E-R young guy born in 83 American singer songwriter record producer his debut album in his own name was released in 2011 and spawned the hit singles Keep Your Head Up and Fine By Me. Uh, His second single of that album, Honey, I'm Good, is his most successful song to date, peaking at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm not sure why that matters to me, but it sounds cool. Kirsten, I have no idea what he sounds like, but I'm going to go listen. This single has been certified multi-platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America and one of the 10 best-selling songs of 2015 by Nielsen. Wow, I got to hear it now. So here's the quote, and Kirsten is welcome to to sing if you want. One of my favorite things is to have a three-hour conversation over coffee with someone. Kirsten, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you, Bonnie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. You have the most amazing connection today. Are you in Waterloo, Canada? 
I am. I'm sitting in my office in Waterloo in the office. Well, this is a fantastic connection. I'm thrilled to be able to hear you so clearly. Kirsten, love the quote, tell me. Do you listen to Andy Grammer? Did you buy that album? Are you one of the millions of people who helped him go platinum, multi-platinum? I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that settles that. I possibly have heard his music before, but I would not know it. I I tend not to listen to the radio or anything. Music isn't a big part of my life. Um, I find it I I find it too much noise. Um, That's but that's just me. Um, So. Uh, Tell me about yeah, the quote. I, I couldn't say that. <laughs> I couldn't say that I really know who you know know his music or anything like that. But I really like the quote because um, I do. I, I really identified it with because I do enjoy having conversations with people and getting to know people and asking questions and 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 really listening to what they have to say. And I think that that really relates to uh, you can have a three hour conversation with someone on Twitter, right? You can you know parry back and forth and and there's you're not actually face to face with that person, but you're still mm-hmm. having that conversation and you're, you're exchanging ideas and it might not be three hours. It actually might be three days long, right? Ah. Um, where you, you're con- continually having that conversation back and forth and you're growing a relationship and you, and that's what, one of the biggest things about social selling is growing those relationships. And so it's just another platform to, to grow those relationships on. I like that a lot. And I'm very interested, very intrigued that we're, the quote talks about three hour and you talked about it could go on for three days. And Kirsten, when it comes to building relationships, and that's the foundation of what you've been telling us and teaching us on your social selling series with so many of your guests who've included Sarah and Michael, um, you, you have instilled in us that it's not a quick thing. It's not, okay, here's what I'm selling and buy it now and we'll be friends forever and yada, yada, and I'll take care. This is building trust, building a relationship building a conversation so three days could turn into what three months or three years of a long-term trusting advisory relationship is that correct oh absolutely mm-hmm. yeah I mean you might not talk to them every day over those three years but you you know you do keep in contact and you know you're, you're exchanging ideas over that entire period of time Thank you very much. Good to have you back, Kirsten. We have a lot to hear from you. And what's your quick thought before I introduce Michael? Twitter, where does that rank on your favorite social selling media channels? Is that at the top of the list? Would you recommend, oh, you got to get on Twitter. It's going to help you. Or would you say, eh, do it in your spare time? What's your thought on that? Uh, For me, uh, kind of the same lines as, as Sarah, it really depends on the region that you're talking about, the market unit that you're in, um, the, 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 the audience that you're trying to attract. Uh, I would say for North America, it's probably your number two. LinkedIn should be your number one and Twitter would be your number two. Um, but I have spoken to people in Latin America who, like Sarah was saying, using WhatsApp, um, they were actually closing deals. Uh, they didn't actually work for SAP, but they were closing deals. It was still B2B um, complex buying uh, deals, and they were closing deals on WhatsApp, which I thought was kind of crazy, but (laughs) but still it was happening. It sounds uh, crazy. It really depends. Yeah. Just just so that you're coming from. In case our listeners don't know what WhatsApp is, can you just give a quick description for us? Sure. It's a messaging service that you can use. Um, you can connect with people and you can have large group conversations. You can have individual conversations um, and you can, you know, it, it's really a messaging app, essentially. 
Thank you very much. My friends who travel worldwide use it for free calling when they want to call me. Uh, I had a friend who just traveled to Sweden, and he called me on WhatsApp instead of on his regular cell service. So it was very interesting, and, and the reception was great and able to send messages and pictures and videos and very, very nice. Thank you, Kirsten. Very interesting. Glad you both brought that up. And now let's, Michael's waiting so patiently. Michael is, I don't think he's a patient person, but he's waiting patiently. He knows I'll get to him. <laughs> Michael sent us a quote. Michael, you looked so far back in history for this quote, and I love it. The quote is from Gustave Flaubert, F-L-A-U-B-E-R-T. Many of our young listeners around the world may not have a clue. 1821 to 1880, he was a French novelist, considered the leading exponent of literary realism in his country, and his most famous novel, his debut, was Madame Bovary. Very interesting. The novel took five years to write. I don't know if you knew this, Michael. It was serialized in bits and pieces in the Revue de Paris in 1856. The government brought action against the publisher and Flaubert on the charge of immorality. But they were acquitted in a court of law when it appeared in book form and met with eh, warm reception. Uh, He is he is back. Basically, he was a a mentor of Guy de Maupassant, the celebrated short story writer. He was one of Flaubert's protégés. So there's the background. Here's the quote. Bonnie, get to it already. The heart like the stomach, wants a varied diet. Michael Labati, how in the heck are you? I love the quote. I am doing fantastic, and thank you for having me back, Bonnie. Well, you you bring such interesting energy to the show as always, Michael. Delighted to have you. So talk to me. Where did you find a quote by Flaubert? Come on, got to know. Well, I'll tell you, you know, this is about the importance of putting things into perspective, right? And it's it's really about not sweating the small, the small stuff, as they say. I had a, um, an episode in a family, uh, a close family member of mine in the last couple of weeks had a cardiac event at a very young age. Mm. Uh, thankfully survived, but mid-30s. And this person was extremely healthy appearing and very, very, but they have so much on their plate and they're involved in so mm. many different things and all those activities and life events caught up and cause a cardiac event. So when I went hunting for my quote, I wanted to attribute that to my sister, uh, Gracie, who is 35 years old and had a oh. mild heart attack. Oh, oh, Michael, Michael, give me a second here. I'm, I'm crying. Please send her our best. I hope she's doing well. So now that we've got Thank this you. quote, Thank the heart like much. the stomach, you're welcome. The heart like the stomach wants a varied diet. I'm not smiling quite as much now. Tell me how this relates to LinkedIn versus Facebook versus Twitter, which is our focus today. Twitter, talk to me. A couple of things. First, uh, and, and I'm going to stay in the realm of, of medicine for a moment, right? Social selling, like medicine, is, is not a, a practice. Sorry, it's not a perfect it's mm-hmm. a practice, right? Just like you, you don't own a, a medical perfect. You own a medical practice. You have to constantly, to, to Sarah's uh, point, you have to constantly practice, try, pivot as you need. You have to be nimble, agile. So I love that um, uh, maintaining this sort of uh, mindset that you, you have to keep yourself aware of the things and the, the roadblocks and along your adventure, there's going to be things that are going to pop up. You have to put things in perspective. Social is extremely agile. Things are changing every day. Um, uh, as my uh, other mates here on the call have said, you know, WhatsApp. And, and a lot of people might say, wow, I would never even think of that. In my case, I wouldn't have either until 
I started business school, and I'm in a cohort with a hundred and something other people, and there are business transactions happening in WhatsApp in my cohort group. Just think about how warm and and and, uh, uh, and sort of uh, uh, you know introductory that particular platform has been, because everyone is sharing a common sort of theme, a common message. So you have to be aware. Uh, of what your uh, of what your your sort of your goals are, you have to match those goals with your uh, your call it a diet of uh, mm-hmm. of applications, right? Uh, like a healthy lifestyle. Twitter is a necessary regimen in a social diet. So if you keep these things in perspective and you keep your load light and you put your 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 nimble, I think you're able to think more clearly and make better decisions. Thank you very much. Very uh, very interesting approach there. Your favorite social media channel for selling, Michael? Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn Navigator. I don't know if that's a channel. I think it's a tool. What's your favorite? What do you, if you had to, had one hour to do some social selling today, what would the order of the channels be for you? For me, it would be LinkedIn, then Twitter, uh, and depending on it, in, in, in my area of business, because it is B2B, I would exclude Facebook. Otherwise, I would include it if it was more B2C. So. Very interesting. Is there a number three in that list if you would exclude Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and then what would the third be? Just, just I know people want to know. My third go-to is going to be most likely a uh, – right now in my lifestyle, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to have to be a um, – I'm going to go with Instagram, and, and I'll tell you why. Ah. More more, yeah, here, here's a spin, and, and this could be an eye, an eye opener for some, and, 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 I, and I definitely appreciate the perspectives if we carry this uh, in, into more conversation. Yeah, we will. Instagram has is, is, is been entirely looked at as the exodus from Facebook, that everyone is leaving Facebook, and Facebook age demographic is increasing. Uh, basically, what's happening is they're leaving behind folks like myself. <laughs> Early 40s are now on Facebook. But I think there's something else that's interesting. Um, you're starting to see some B2B, uh, more, mo- mostly consumer brands, are, are, are having a lot of, uh, of, of Instagram accounts and promoting Instagram, and not just to a younger demographic. What I'm seeing is also to pretty much anyone. And the fact that you can share on Instagram and have it copied to Facebook and vice versa reciprocates. Uh, it's one in itself, so to say. It's becoming an interesting paradigm. So LinkedIn, professional. Uh, Twitter, professional and or uh, you know B to C, C C and B to B, and then Instagram. I'm I'm just putting an, an early bet out there that in the next couple of years you might see more uh, more and more uh, brands uh, leveraging Instagram not just for younger demographic, but for folks uh, even in my age in my age group as as we move along. Absolutely fascinating. We came up with a new a new channel here. Sarah, before I ask you where you're calling from or where we're calling you and an update on Tribal Impact and what you love to drink, what's your thought on adding Instagram to the toolkit? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a really good one, actually, because I, yeah. I'm noticing, because, especially in my line of work, where we talk a lot about the human side of the brand and actually putting your employees out there. From a B2B perspective, Instagram can really help do that. It can give... It can give a personality to your brand. You know, it can show what shows what happens behind the scenes, and you know what happens in the office, what your employees are up to, and you know, whilst it isn't a direct conversion channel for, on social media, it's not. 
you know, it's not like Twitter, click this link and then you go to a page and then you convert to a lead. It, it, does, it, it does give you engagement. And actually, I read a report a while ago, actually, about B2B brands using Instagram. And some of the engagement they get on that channel is just incredible um, because it, it, it just humanizes the brand. And I think that's quite important in B2B. Thank you. Kirsten, thoughts on Instagram? Was that a surprise to you when Michael just said it? No, no. I really like Instagram. I think it can be so valuable. Um, it is, uh, as Sarah said, it very much humanizes the brand because pictures humanize the brand, right? Getting to see the person that you're talking to or getting to see them in action um, and, and seeing how they interact with people and their body language, even though it's static, although you can put video on there too. Um, you know, having that, uh, that visual um, enhancement of the relationship is huge. Thank you very much. I am completely surprised. I think our listeners may be as well. Thank you very much, all three of you. Michael, good one to put that on the table. Uh, Sarah Goodall, now we're circling back to you. Questions, the usual. Where are you today? What do you like to drink? What's your favorite beverage in the whole wide world? And give us a little update, please, on Tribal Impact and how the name came to be. Of course. Well, I am in the sweltering heat, and I'm sure most of you are going to laugh at me, but us Brits, are not, we're not designed for this kind of heat. We've had a heat wave <laughs> now for probably about four or five weeks, and we're all melting. Um, you know, we have, we have rain over here. This is not normal. I'm on the uh, south coast of Portsmouth, just, yeah, just melting in my office. Um, and, yeah, my favorite drink of all time is gin and tonic. And the kids have broken up from school this week. And uh, quite honestly, I could get through a whole bottle of gin just this week alone. We're only halfway through the week and they're driving me insane. So um, we need to figure out what we're going to do with them because this is just not working. Uh, <laughs> God, I've got six weeks of this. Um, and Tribal Impact oh, is, yeah, we're doing well. And, yeah, we're, we're growing. We're literally taking on some employees this week, actually. I'm right in the middle of sort of sorting that out. Um, but we are working with some amazing customers, like really SAP included in that, because I love SAP, um, obviously, because I used to work there, and I still love the company. Um, but we are, we're attracting, low, through social selling, we're attracting a lot of new customers that are trying to understand, you know, sales and marketing and how they, they do match together with content and things. So... Yeah, we, I thought summer was going to be a quiet period where I could spend time with the kids, but I'm jetting off all over the world second half of this year, Shanghai and Chicago and all kinds of places, Boston. So I'm going to have a busy second half, but life is good. And, and actually, to ask you, answer your question about the name, Tribal Impact, yes. is I, when I was working at SAP, I always believed that I had, everybody has the power to influence a sale within an organization whether it's through sharing content, creating content, finding content, nurturing networks, whatever it is, everybody has the opportunity to influence a sell in this digital age. And Tribal Impact is about mobilizing your tribe to have an impact on your business, and that's where the name came from. So. Thank you so much. Sarah, I had a feeling I was sitting in on the Sarah Goodall comedy segment there for a minute. You were absolutely <laughs> delightful. You're del Kirsten, am I right? It was just a delightful delivery. We Brits aren't cut out for heat, and I don't know if the gin will last a week. <laughs> that was, was stand-up sitting. In this house, you wouldn't think it was a comedy. They're driving oh, me nuts. So, that um, was 
Yeah. Stand up, sitting down. Very well done, Sarah. I think you made a lot of fans on that one. That was great. And we didn't even have to pay for a ticket. That was wonderful. Thank you very much for your... I'm just going to say, Sarah Goodall is so authentic and real, and she speaks from the heart about what's really happening in her life. That, that was great. I do stand up, so I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank you. It was wonderful. I, I'm going to take oh, the smile went. off now. Now let's go to Kirsten. Kirsten, you can be as, as dry as you want. Kirsten, <laughs> where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what's new in your world of social selling engagement? Go ahead, Kirsten. Um, it is hot here in Canada as well. I'm, now I live in the, the banana belt, you might call it, of Canada. We're actually south of much of the northern states. So... Mm. It's um, it's quite hot here uh, in the 90s, I think, uh, this week again, um, and it's been very, very hot for the last five or six weeks, the same as it has been in Britain, it sounds like, um, wow. and yeah, it's been, it's quite hot. Sunny today, though, which is nice. It was kind of gloomy earlier. Um, I am drinking uh, green tea with lemon, uh, in my, but the unique thing about it is that it is my Singapore zoo mug. I was... Uh, oh. I went to Singapore, um, it was in 2014, I think, so four years ago, and uh, went to the zoo with a colleague and picked up this gorgeous mug. It is, it's really cool because the animals are kind of uh, raised up from the mug itself, so they're painted on, but then they're raised up, and it's, uh, I, just, I really enjoy holding on to it. Um, it's quite big, um, so that's my favorite mug that I like okay. drinking my green tea from. And tell and me what, what you're up to these asking? days. What's new? Uh, well, we ha- I do have a third team beyond regional engagement and social selling. I also manage the localization team for SAP uh, for marketing. And so my team um, manages the process of, of localizing and translating um, campaign content for different market units. So, um, yeah, I'm quite busy these days. Thank you very much. Like Sarah, and I'm just going to read a little background here. The Singapore Zoo, formerly known as the Singapore Zoological Gardens and commonly known locally as the Mandai, M-A-N-D-A-I Zoo, occupies 28 hectares, I don't know how big that is, on the margins of the Upper Selatar Reservoir within Singapore's heavily forested central catchment area. And there's actually a question here on the website, how long does it, what's the length of the zoo? And one visitor said, we took four hours. Another couple we know took 10 hours, but don't worry, there's an exit that's easy to get to from anywhere in the park. I thought that was a really cute way of answering. Stay as long as you like <laughs> and then go. It's a fabulous, fabulous zoo. I have never been to anything so spectacular. And the, the Toronto Zoo is, is quite good, but the, um, the Singapore Zoo was amazing. It was did so you, amazing. Did you see the, the, I see animals here, are the Sheba or the Sheba and the Inuka, the white tiger, the rainforest, well, they have a rainforest, Kids World and Fragile Forest. Did you see the white tiger, the Sheba and the Inuka? Yes, I did. Wow. We have to do a show about the Singapore Zoo with Game Changers, Kirsten. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Doing your social selling from the Singapore Zoo and then getting to go home. I like that one. Thank you, Kirsten. Welcome back again. Michael Labati, where are you today? What's powering you in your cup or your mug? And what have you been up to? Go ahead, Michael. Sure. So I'm I'm calling in from, from my home office in Delray Beach, Florida. Some ask me, well, aren't you at SAP? I say, well, I do work at SAP. And they say, well, why aren't you in the Miami office? And I say, well, if you want to sit on 995 for an hour and a half or two hours, have fun. I can't do that. (laughs) So 
I'm in my uh, in my Delray Beach, uh, Florida home, and it's 90. Probably not as it's an odd thing, you know. Uh, Kirsten and I will will have this conversation. She'll say, "Oh, it's zero Celsius, uh, which is quite cold, and, and even colder during the winters." And we don't get beyond what 65. Maybe maybe sometimes we'll get in our 50s. But now there's other regions in the in the world that are hotter than us uh, that would normally otherwise be very cold. So we're about 89, 90. It is quite hot. It has been raining nonstop for several weeks, uh, barely a break. But yeah, uh, it's Florida, and it's near you know Boca Raton, Del Rey, and it's a nice place uh, to live. Um, what am I up to? Or sorry, what's what's powering me? Uh, well, you know. I always had the fire pit story, uh, Bonnie, right? So I'll save that just for a second. What's powering me this morning, because it is midday and it's a work day, I, I have my uh, slow-brewed uh, Pike Place Starbucks coffee, uh, black. I don't like any cream or sugar. Mm-hmm. And at nighttime, if I paint that picture as we've done in the past, where you and I are sitting out there by the fire pit and we're brainstorming oh. on, the, uh, on uh, pondering the universe, this time... I've had bourbons before in our, in our imagination, but this time uh, I'm going to introduce you to Jose Cuervo. And I'm going to pa- pause there because a lot of times people hear Jose Cuervo and they stop and say, ew, what? I remember that from college. But Jose <laughs> Cuervo has a high-end extra Añejo tequila. And I like to say that this is the, I remember I said tequila, but I like to describe it as the best slow-sipping scotch you've ever had in your life. It is not really? a scotch. It's a tequila, mm-hmm. but it is delicious. Are we talking about the gold? Are we talking about Cuervo gold? No, this this is Jose Cuervo Extra Añejo. Jose Extra Añejo. I n. I have no idea how to spell that. Okay, let's see what we get here. A special gold. All right. A special. So a, oh, here it is. Añejo. Yeah. I got it. Yep, I got it. Yep. Extra Añejo tequila. Old Town tequila. It's a 250th anniversary and it's not cheap. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's just so leave money. that. We don't mention prices on Game Changers. We're pure thought leadership. Michael, what have you been up to briefly? And by the way, to the panel, we're skipping the break because it's half past already. So we're just going to dive further into the topic with Sarah in just a minute. Michael, what have you been up to, sure. please? Yeah. So, you know, uh, my role at SAP uh, is uh, t- is really to help develop the program, to stay in the forefront and make SAP competitive as a uh, you know premier exemplar of social selling practices, digital sales transformation. Uh, I work, in fact, with Kirsten. Um, one of the things that I'm focused, one of the things that keeps me going uh, every day is the, is that we can try stuff, we can innovate, we can be entrepreneurial, and uh, if it catches on in a big way, the industry takes notice. One of the things we're working on right now is we're looking at new ways to measure marketing and selling performance by using benchmarks. Instead of using static numbers, did you make quota? Did you? How big is your deal size? Now we're comparing people with other people's conversion rates and deal sizes and speed to close and win close rates and lead acceptance. We're calling this social selling key indices. Today you have uh, social selling index scores with LinkedIn, and we are, we are going to supplement that, and we have a dashboard, it's already out there and we're using it now, uh, to, to really give insight. So it's, not, it's, it's no longer, am I getting to the winner's circle or how am I doing? It's, wow, I am actually getting to the winner's circle, but I didn't realize I, I'm two percentage points below 
the, uh, the, the country average for someone who sells the same stuff I do in the same market. We can learn from outperformers, and we can help the, those that underperform the benchmarks. So social selling key indices is where I'm focused. It's a big part of my year, and there's a bunch of other things, and uh, quite exciting. Really good times. So excited. Thank you. Thank you. You certainly sound engaged in what you do, as, as does everybody on the panel. We're skipping the break, as I mentioned. Sarah Goodall, I'm looking at your notes here, and I'm going to read a couple of lines, and you can pick and choose what you want to talk about. Number one, we're talking today, if you're just joining the show, this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. If you're keeping track, as I do, this is episode number 334. We are live here on July 25th, 2018, and we're talking about Insider Secrets, Twitter for Social Selling, Part 2 with Sarah Goodall at Tribal Impact, Kirsten Boylow, and Michael Labati at SAP. And we're pretty deep into the conversation already. Here's what Sarah told me before the show. She says, ABC, always be consistent. You can't be on and then off and then on and then off. People will follow you if you're consistently adding value. It's about conversation, so focus on listening and engaging. Then she says over 1.3 billion accounts have been created on Twitter, but only 550 million have ever sent a tweet. And the answer could be Twitter is where news breaks first. Be on top of the alerts. Use lists lists to bucket your prospects and customers so you could easily monitor. There's a lot of meat on the bones in there, Sarah. Where would you like to pick one or just link them together? And then we will get Kirsten and Michael in on the conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, I think um, I think to be honest, they're quite closely linked together. I mean, yes. the 1.3 billion accounts where only over half a million have ever sent a tweet. The point I'm trying to communicate there is that not everybody who goes on Twitter wants to publish content. Okay, and that's fine. If if your role is not to become an influencer or a thought leader, you know, you don't want to differentiate yourself through your expertise. That that's fine. I mean, because that is very time consuming. You have to be on it all the time, every day, consistently adding content so people don't forget who you are. However, what that statistic does show is there are a lot of people out there listening. There's a lot of people just reading. They don't tweet. They never, they never have tweeted. But they are listening and they're learning and they may engage. So, you know, you want to be listening out for what they're listening to. You want to be tuning into the influencers that maybe they might be listening to. Um, but also, you may want to take that step into sharing content so you are one of the people that they listen to. So, you know, not everybody's out there to be a celebrity, but people are out there. They're listening. They want to be educated. So, you know, take the time to be that person to educate. Be the one that they want to follow. And they don't want to read all these other publications because they simply don't have time. But if you become one of those influential people in their life, and I've not said influencer because that's, you know, mm-hmm. potentially a different thing altogether. But if you want to become an influential person within your area of uh, technology or if your area of industry, then people are listening. So don't think, you know, Twitter's not, you know, a place where people just knock about watching you know, different things, X Factor or whatever. It's not just a place to engage with TV shows. People are using it to listen and and network with each other. Thank you, Sarah. Great overview, by the way. And I'll just mention there, bucketing lists and things. A really smart way to use Twitter, which not a lot of people realize, is lists. Because I'm following, like, thousands of people on Twitter, but I have people bucketed into lists. On Twitter, so I have. What do you mean? What do you mean by bucketed into lists? And I'm watching Sarah? and I'm engaging and I'm warming them up. I always think Twitter is like one of those early, um, 
You know, it's, it's before you start reaching out on LinkedIn. It's become like that early nurture platform. It's the place where you sort of say, hi, I'm here. You know, I'm liking your content. I'm retweeting your content. You know, it's, a, it's the early nurture, the warming up. And then you can move the conversation to, to LinkedIn. So, Sarah, bucketing people into lists. Can you just explain a little bit of the technique for what that means? And then we'll find out from Kirsten and Michael if they agree or disagree, if they use it too. What do you mean bucketing into lists? Yeah, so I mean, you, if you, the more people you start to follow on Twitter, you can't possibly keep up to date with your newsfeed. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and, you know, tweets only last, I think, on average, like 14, 18 minutes, something like that. And then your feed has mm. just been filled with a load of other stuff. So a really smart way to do it is there's something called a uh, Twitter list. It's a functionality on Twitter, and it allows you to create lists of people. And you can create public or private lists. So all of mine, obviously, are private when I'm prospecting or uh, customers that I want to keep engaged with so they don't forget who I am. Um, and you can just list people very easily. You just click on the little cog thing, and it says, do you want to add or remove from a list? And you just say add, and you can either create a list or just add them to an existing one. Um, and then you can just cre- keep them in lists. And then what you can do is just view those lists of people and the content they're sharing. So you target your time. It's like, it's like the equivalent of... Um, Spotlight in LinkedIn Sales Navigator where you can just focus your time on the people that you care about, you know, the people that you've saved as leads. You just look at what they're doing. Well, Twitter lists is like that for Twitter. So you just target your time and you just look at the people that you really care about rather than your full feed. And um, that sounded really horrible, didn't it, the people that you care about? The people that you want to prospect. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> it sounded wonderful. I thought it I, – I have never heard of that. Kirsten, you're giggling. Michael's laugh. Kirsten, talk to me. Do you use Twitter lists? I've never heard this before. T- tell me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, I think Sarah mentioned this. Twitter is so fast and there's so much volume within it that it's, it's impossible to, to really catch the feel of the people that you're really um, trying to engage, the people that you want to be um, talking to and engaging with. So if you can pull them into a list and really, really focus in on the people that are, you want to know what they're saying, you want to be able to engage with them when, when they have um, posted something, that uh, it's the, really the only way to do it unless you, um, you get all kinds of alerts and you can impact those alerts or, or act on those alerts immediately, then um, if you have it in a list, you can. it's always there. You'll see the latest thing. Everything that they tweet is in there. And then you can, you can engage with the things that make the most sense for you to engage with um, right immediately when you, when you uh, have a moment to. Thank you. Inter- I'm learning so much. I never thought of that. Michael, join us. What do you think? Twitter lists. Good, bad? Not so much? Yes, so much? Well, any time that you have a mechanism that can allow you to simplify and organize, uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, there's a ton of noise, as Kirsten says, out there in, in social channels, and Twitter is, uh, you know, is one of them. And if you can organize uh, the people that you follow or want to engage by topics and themes, that's a level of control that I think is, is required right now. And I'm glad that, in a way, I think that uh, you know, Twitter didn't make the choice to try to create those categories themselves. What they said is let's empower our users to make those choices. So I love the full control. I think it's valuable. You can watch the topics that you're interested in. And you can organize by, by those interests. And I think it's, uh, it's neat. One of the tricks, you, if there's uh, folks you're following from a particular organization, you know, then you can, you, you can uh, use it in that way. Or if there's by topic, 
it, it, it gives you some, some powerful flexibility to make choices to organize. So I'm, a, I'm going to share the same sentiment as my, uh, my, my mates here on the call. I'm pro uh, lists for Twitter. Thank you. Well, that's certainly something I think might have been news to a lot of our listeners. Kirsten, I'm looking at your list of topics here, and let's talk about social branding. This is so key. We probably should have started with it, but we have to include it. You say whether you use Twitter for business, personal, or both. A sound profile is key to success. Twitter is a much different social media platform than others in terms of, get this, professionalism. We agree on that. Purpose and functionality. Twitter lets you get found on the web easily, so polish your profile efficiently. Kirsten, what should your Twitter profile look like? Because we know you don't get many characters to describe yourself. And typically when I go looking up somebody new or somebody I'm about to quote, somebody who's alive and I'm about to quote Kirsten, and they're on the young side, it will say, uh, Twitter user, um, loves chocolate, great dad, hockey, soccer, opinions are mine. And that's kind of all they get. So how do you create a social brand? Kirsten? Well, I mean, that, that one little blurb in the About Me section is, is really the only piece that you have actual text to, to share about mm-hmm. who you are and, and build your brand around. But there are many other elements that you can use to build your brand. The, the background photo, for one. You know, is it, um, does, it talk, does it reflect the brand that you're trying to, to create for yourself? Does it, or is it just some random photo? Um, is it really nothing? It's just uh, maybe some stock photo or something like that and not just not something that really reflects who you are perhaps a speaking event that you've done or something along those lines that really um, goes to promote the brand that you are um, you can put it put in multiple photos uh, I can think of uh, Richard Branson he at one time had um, three different photos across the top he they, you know they'd sewn them together and put them up, up on this background photo and really represented the brand of who Richard Branson is. I, I love it. We use it as often as a, an example. Um, you have your, your profile picture, making that sure that that reflects the same brand. It's, it's not a picture of you in a, in a, in a baseball cap and, and sunglasses or you holding a fishing rod unless that's the brand, of course, that you're trying to portray. If it's a, if a professional sales brand, then it needs to reflect that professional sales um, profile. Uh, you can use other elements like the... Um, you know, linking back to your LinkedIn profile would be another way and the different uh, tweets that you actually make for yourself and what are you tweeting out because that absolutely builds the brand. If you're constantly putting out tweets that really are not reflecting the brand, the brand that you're trying to build for yourself, you're going to be confusing your customers and your audience for sure. Thank you very much. Michael, let's get some tips and tricks from you. Thoughts on creating a really good Twitter profile. I like what Kirsten said. Comment, add, go ahead. Well, I think it's going to expound a bit, which is you have to pay attention uh, to how important brand really is, right? Personal brand. Uh, more important now than, than it ever has been because a lot of our engagements with people are, quite frankly, in digital. That's where they start. And by paying attention, I like what Kirsten said. You, many people, you'll be surprised at how many folks I see that don't have a, have a, have the standard sort of Twitter background. They're not, they're, they haven't actually updated it. Not, not even to the extent of using another uh, Twitter template for the background. But the cosmetics, the, the things that people see and experience about you and the things that you say that they hear, those things are going to be remembered. And so I like to think of this as having a strong 
personal brand on digital, where you where you're not meeting someone in, in, in the flesh, is like having a strong handshake. You ever meet someone, they have a strong handshake. Oh, yeah. And it just feels firm. It validates, right? And it feels yes. like they want to be there with you. So if you have a strong, powerful brand, that's, that's about what we have right now. And now it's just the strong handshake. It's what people are going to remember. So uh, I, I'm definitely uh, uh, leaning in, in, in Kirsten's uh, corner. You know, you have opportunities. It's very, very simple. You don't get many characters, and quite frankly, we don't need that right now anyway. All you Imagine if, if we were sending paragraphs and paragraphs. What's nice about the limited characters is that you have to be simple. It forces you to be simple. And if you're remembered as being simple but being powerful, I think you'll be remembered. So thank you. Thank you. Well, th- oh, you didn't have to thank me. <laughs> that was really adorable. Thank, really thanking Kirsten for setting the stage because that was a nice, uh, a really nice segue. Kirsten, he said thank you to you. Kirsten <laughs> says you're welcome. Sarah Goodall, we need you in this conversation. We have a few minutes. We're going to go. We're going to make the the uh, predictions just a one sentence, very short, because this is too much good information. Sarah Goodall, creating a strong, powerful, what Kirsten calls a sound profile on Twitter. What are your tips for that, please? Yeah, well, I kind of agree with both of them in that it has to be uh, human. You know, it has to convey a little bit about yourself. And you're quite restricted as well with that limitation of characters. One thing I would say, though, is to also um, include where you can at mentions and hashtags because it makes your profile searchable. So in that bio piece, you know, make sure that you're including hashtags or any important hashtags that maybe your customers might be following or they might be interested in, because if they're out there hitting that search box on Twitter, which I'm just looking at right now, you know, if they put that in there, there's a little tab that says people, you know, the latest tweets, there's people, um, and also, you know, images and things like that. Well, you know, when they're looking at people, they want to know who is talking about that. So make sure you include your hashtags in the, um, in the bio as well. So that would be a little you. top tip from me to add question let me go around the table quickly on this one how do you keep your personal and professional twitter handles and profiles separate is it possible when do you use your name versus your company name versus something that would be a nickname for personal let's start with kirsten and go around quickly kirsten how do you separate them and is it important to do that professional versus personal I do believe, especially if you like to comment on topics that can be viewed as somewhat controversial, such as politics, religion, that kind of thing, then I would definitely make sure that you have um, separated your personal and, and professional. But that doesn't mean that people won't see it, right? If they're following you on one channel, they quite possibly will follow you on another. Um, I'm not saying stay away from those things, but just be aware that that, that, that is all part of your brand. You're, you can be found, and, and you, it is all going to reflect, reflect on the brand that you are trying to, to build for yourself. Um, so I, I think uh, uh, in terms of you know, actual um, naming, uh, you need to, especially for your professional one, you need to stick as close to your own name as possible because it is your personal professional brand that you're trying to, to build. Thank you. Michael, agree or disagree? How do you keep them separate or should you? I think you have to keep them separate in in certain, uh, I guess, in certain industries and in certain business uh, uh, environment, right? So if you if you're in consumer products, um, it may be that you can cross them uh, more easily than you might if you're in a B two B software company. Um, so I I, I, and I also like to think that 
the, the conversations you have in a personal setting uh, don't always transfer in the right way uh, in terms of perception by the folk that you are engaging brand new in business who's trying to understand, he or she's trying to understand your profile. So I tend to uh, be conservative, but I have, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen folks that have been highly effective at having, uh, you know, having a professional and personal um, conversations kind of blend and, and allowing those two worlds to, to connect. So uh, I, I'm going to say I'm more conservative. Interesting. Very interesting. Let me quickly look at your topics, Michael. We are technically in the predictions round, but let's see if there's just one here. Um, uh, marketing must be disruptive to be effective. How disruptive is it? Let's say you're in a social set, you're in a team and nobody else is using Twitter and you come to work one day and you just say, uh, hey, I just heard, I was listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio and I heard these really cool, smart people, Sarah Goodall and Kirsten Boyleau and Michael Labati, and they said Twitter is really great for adding searchability and great content, following bucket lists of people and getting your point of view out there and starting a long-term conversation and everybody looks at you and says, what? Are you serious? That's what the kids use to talk about what they did when they got up and their favorite songs. How would you answer that in terms of being disruptive of what the status quo is? Just a quick answer from you, Michael, and then we'll go around the table for predictions. Go ahead. Show me, don't tell me. You have to show the value if you're going to uh, pursue disruption. No one is going to, no one will take action unless they can feel it. They have to, it has to be empathetic. So if you can show how Twitter uh, leads to better business and leads to more insights and following folks and, and, and helping create engagement, uh, and they cross-pollinates your other social feeds, which eventually, to earlier points made, goes into a lead, down the funnel, and out to a dollar. Uh, I think that's the show-me part that disruption really requires uh, if, if there's a situation where there's been very low adoption. Thank you very much, Sarah Goodall. I know you're ready. I can give you just 60 seconds or less. Predict if we meet again, the three of us, and I think we're going to have to do part three because this is just too good. We could pick another social selling medium. We could focus on Instagram maybe next time and, and do that, the insider tips for Instagram. Uh, what would change if we met again, let's say, in six months and had this conversation? Sarah, 60 seconds. That's all we've got. Go ahead. I think you're going to start seeing more social sellers move into this space. I think, uh, you know, the natural place for B2B sales is LinkedIn. There's no doubt about that. I think you might start seeing more people move, want to explore outside of LinkedIn. It's not the only platform for social selling. Um, and like I say, you know, it brings people together. I wanted to, I didn't have a chance to say it earlier, but I wanted to also say, you know, I've been tweeting and building a relationship with Jill Rowley, who I know because we've been on this show mm -hmm. together. Yes. Um, over Twitter, I've never met her until two weeks ago. I met her in London, in person, in the flesh. She was presenting. I knew she was there because I checked on Twitter. I contacted her and said, you're here, I'm here, let's grab a coffee. And we did. And that is the power of Twitter. You know, we've been talking for years on Twitter. Then we talked on this show, and now we actually got to meet in person. And now she's connecting me to people all over Marketo. And, you know, I just... The power of Twitter shouldn't be underestimated in terms of strengthening relationships. Really, it shouldn't. And um, I think probably in six months, I hope that more people see the value. 
Thank you so much. Great example. And yes, Jill Rowley has been on a couple of our shows. Kirsten has invited her, and I've invited her. And yes, we haven't heard from her in a while, but good idea to get her back. Kirsten Boylow, 60 seconds. That's it. What's your prediction? Uh, I believe it may take a little bit longer than six months for more people to see the value of Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the marketplace in general um, struggles a bit with the value of Twitter, and so I think it's going to take a lot of work to get people to see it, um, to share the stories like Sarah, Sarah just shared um, that about how powerful it can be. We need to hear more stories like that. Um, Sarah, there's a blog idea for you. <laughs> I'm sure you already have that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, queued up. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that kind of thing will we'll start to explore, uh, help people start to explore the, the value that Twitter can bring. Thank you, Kirsten. Michael Labati, talk to me. 60 seconds. That's it. Go ahead. Well, um, thankfully, Kirsten just covered mine. <laughs> and, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> we, we all share similar uh, thoughts. I think that there's going to be... Uh, Definitely, there's this necessary um, teaching and telling and converting and showing. Aside from that, uh, I would say categorically, I think we'll start to, I, I, I don't know how, how much longer the industry will take the term social selling. It's a great term. A lot of people are making uh, wonderful livings. I think, you know, we, we, we enjoy what we do in, in our organization. But I think this is going to start to become something much broader uh, that really talks about transforming behaviors, not just in selling, but in marketing and in services and in HR. And it's going to cross over. It's just modernizing behaviors. So what I think that you'll, you'll that, wind Michael. up seeing. You're on my way, uh, there. Gonna... I love that. <laughs> Michael, I'm going to yeah. say thank you. I need to close the show. That was great. Uh, the three of sure. you, you, you got to come back. We got it. Does everybody want to do Instagram next time? Or you want to continue Twitter? Kirsten, Michael, I'd love to I'd like to explore what yeah. just said. I That's think a newbie. I, something. I, 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 have, I firmly believe that, you know, how... I have one more slot left. On the sales team. We have one more slot huh? left in, in 2018. I think you'll get it, okay? I'll send you an invitation. Thank you so much, Sarah Goodall. <laughs> tribal Impact, you are tribal and you do have a great impact. Kirsten Poilo and Michael Abadi at SAP, thank you both so very much. And let's do our shout-out. And Aaron, of course, our intrepid engineer, the venerable but very young Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the Business Channel. Thank you always. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Whether you're tweeting or Instagramming or whatever that verb is, go out and be a game-changer today. Day, just like Sarah Goodall, just like Kirsten Boylo, just like Michael Abadi, and just like me, Bonnie D. Graham, signing off. I'll be back this afternoon, 2 p.m., with a new show on Changing the Game and HR, talking about people and the fourth industrial revolution. Business Channel, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.